Are you through? No, I'm doing society a favor. So? That's another one right now. I've got you for the rest of your natural born life if you don't watch your step. You want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal. Cut it out. You through? Not even close, bud. Good. You got one more right there. You really think I give a shit? Another. You through? How many is that? That's seven, including the one when we first came in. You asked Mr. Vernon here whether Barry Mandelon knew that he raided his closet. Now it's eight. You stay out of it. Excuse me, sir. It's seven. Shut up, Pee Wee. Hello, and welcome to Pod Culture Vultures. Who the fuck is this asshole? I'm Dean Fontaine, and with me, as always, is God's foster son, Kev Shelley Vimto. How's it hanging, Kev? Lovely, mate. How's it with you, my son? Beautiful, beautiful. We are recording on a March evening. A fucking cold March evening. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, lazing around, getting the old feet of Rooney's up, enjoying a, a nice bottle of Plod, old <laughs> El Vino. Yeah, enjoyed a few, uh, a couple of uh, movies over the weekend. Uh, yeah, just a bit of R&R, baby. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same, just muddling on, you know, muddling on. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. My mum went to, uh, she went to a bird sanctuary. I know a cracking owl sanctuary. But unfortunately, she ended up at a uh, nudist Connolly. So uh, (laughs) she got the two confused. But um, the good news is, Kev, uh, she did manage to see a cockatoo. No. What shall we talk about? This week, we have got an 80s classic. Probably the best, if not definitely in the top 10 best films of the 80s and possibly all time. The lowest number. It is none other than John Hughes' Breakfast Club. The. Breakfast Club. Yes. The Breakfast Club. I have to say that this was this is one of my favourite films. And when I was younger, it was one of my films that got me through uh through school, sort of thing. And uh it's just a great film. So I mean it, it basically is around five characters students who have got a detention and have actually turned up for it on a saturday well that's the funniest <laughs> thing of all isn't it? that they've actually uh, especially like considering you've got a character like judd nelson who's a bit of a renegade who doesn't give a fuck but yet he actually turned up on time on a saturday to do his detention <laughs> <laughs> but what <laughs> what i thought as well watching it again for the for the you know, first time in a long time I did kind of think that I think they must have got possibly the idea for the Spice Girls from this because (laughs) basically there's five different types of people. So a princess. Are you stuck up, half-witted, 
scruffy looking nerf herder. A brain. I couldn't fuck a gorilla. A jock. You were a sexual icon. You know girls at Huntington still talk about you? Really? Which ones? A basket case. I didn't know you smoke cigars, babe, particularly Lewis Brand. Eddie, it's really not what you think. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, man! And a criminal. What are you doing, Marv? Harry, don't move. Marv? Marv, what are you doing? Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, and... Uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. And you've got the principal, uh, Paul Gleason, who is fucking amazing in it, as he is in everything he is. And pretty much one other character, really, the, the janitor, which <laughs> I think was originally going to be Rick Moranis. But uh, I believe he had an <laughs> argument with uh, John Hughes and... Uh, <laughs> Fucked up. Stitched himself right up. <laughs> the next time I have to come in here, I'm cracking skulls. I mean, I've got to say, I, I love this film. I mean, this is, you you know me, uh, massive fan of the 80s, everything about it, the fashion, the film, the music, brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, no matter how many times I go back to this film, it just, it just gets better and better. Um, and I do think, as you say, it's the, one of the funniest things is, is that it's a film about five young stu- well, five students who basically got themselves into trouble. They have to do a detention on the Saturday and actually fucking turn up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, so, but then I suppose they're, they're, most of them are, are like driven there, aren't they, by their parents and that. But um, no, I, I, I loved it. It's, it just sums up the 80s, everything about it. I mean, even down to when they're doing their little song montage towards the end and Molly Ringwald's doing this this dance which just sums up like 80s dance moves my favorite character in this is uh is is the is the principal is old Richard Vernon for me he's just got all the all the the best moments um yeah the, the, the first one for me it just kicks off is the one where um Judd Nelson stitches them up with the uh, the weighted door. He takes a screw out of the weighted door, so the door, because <laughs> yeah. because basically he's blocked the door, isn't he? He's opened the door so that he's always keeping an eye on them. And uh, Judd Nelson's then just taken the screw out, so it just closes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that moment where he tries to uh, he's trying to <laughs> trying to keep it open, and he puts because the door's like weighted, it's really heavy, and he puts this like really light little metal fold-up chair in between, and he, he just lets go, and the whole thing just crashes. The door's way too heavy, sir. I think Paul Gleason is, is probably one of the best characters in it, because he, he, he doesn't really want to be there. Also, there's the question of why is he not sitting in the room with them so we can see what they're doing? And the answer to that is he doesn't really want to be there and he doesn't really give a shit. He just thinks that by him saying, stay there and do as you're told, they're going to do it. <laughs> but it's all the other things of him, like creeping around and uh, looking at all of the personal files of um, like kids that have spoken to the uh, school psychiatrist and stuff like that. <laughs> He's reading for it. Oh, 
<laughs> oh man, no wonder that kid. He's 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 basically just as bad as him, isn't he? And he's got some real sort of ang- anger issues as well, you know. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? I'll give you the answer to that question, Mister Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. But also, he does another thing where he puts um, John Bender in a uh, a closet, like a a closet used for sports stuff. He throws him in there, basically, and then locks the door. <laughs> it's like, you can't... <laughs> I know it's the 80s. But yeah, yeah, actually, I think that sort of thing did happen at my school. But, but he, take, <laughs> he, he, takes it, he takes it a step later, doesn't he? Because he's, he's basically had enough of him. He's like, when, you're, when you leave here, Bender, and you're living the perfect life, I'm going to find you, Bender, and I'm going to kick the shit out of you, you gutless little turd. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong line of work, mate. He's like, are you threatening me? He's like, God damn right, I'm threatening you. I'm going to kick the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> but then he thinks, Danny, he thinks, who's going to believe you? And then they're going to believe me. He said, I'll tell you what, let's do it now. You can punch me first. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. But then when he walks out and he's all there, he has to go for his shit, Danny, because I think, oh, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just brought brought himself on a bit, and he's but life and joy and the 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 the, the, the nature of God. Oh, hallelujah! Judd Nelson he crawls out through the ceiling and then falls through the the like, styrofoam <laughs> ceiling back into the library where the rest of them are. But he comes back in, doesn't he, old uh, Vernon? He's got all the fucking bog paper hanging out his ass. <laughs> Like coming out the back of his trousers when he walks up. Yeah, because he, he comes in and he's like, oh, he's like, what the hell is that crash? And they were, they're all denying it, aren't they? Pretending like it was something else. And he's like, I will not be made a fool of. And then as he turns around, he's got like a plastic toilet seat tucked into the back of his yeah, trousers. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a flat, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he does, mate. He does. He, he get. He, he steals the seat. He steals the film. He, he just gets all of the mm-hmm. all the best moments. He yeah. really does. He's good because he's brilliant, obviously, in Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. But another film he's good in is Trading Places, and it's just that bit when there's that, someone's. Um, I think he's on a, like a public phone box. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! I anticipate penetration and acquisition at 2100 hours tomorrow. Hold on. Fuck off. They all go to to Judd Nelson's locker to get... I can't remember where they all go. I don't know. They all end up going with him anyway. And... Uh, Is that when they go get the... Uh, they go, go to get the weed? Yeah. But they don't know yeah. it's weed, do they, until they get there. But they do that, and he... Um, <laughs> but they sort of clock Vernon... Don't they? And they're sort of like sneaking around. Then he sort of like starts walking back to the library. So they panic, don't they? they start running all around the halls. But then they get trapped. So um, yeah, so Nelson thinks, okay, we don't all need to to get in trouble. I'll, I'll just take it. <laughs> and he stuffs the weed into <laughs> fucking Brian's front of Brian's trousers. Get back to the library, keep doing it on. <laughs> he sort of runs, runs to the gym, doesn't he? And then starts. But the weird thing is, he's, he's playing basketball. He's got a basketball, and he's got one basketball shoe on. 
But that's another <laughs> funny bit with Paul Gleeson because he tells him to give him the board, he keeps pretending to throw it at him. He's sort of like flinching and he just rolls it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and he boots it. <laughs> that's what I mean, though. He's, just, he's got all these just golden moments, isn't he? Every time he's on screen, it's just another golden moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, and also the conversation that he has with the janitor when they're sitting down and they're drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they've done about two cans of beer and they're just having a chat. And he's saying, these kids turned on me. And the janitor said, no, they haven't. No, they haven't at all. He said, you fucking took a teaching job. You thought it'd be easy. You'd get summer holidays. And, da, da, da. and it's like, and he's just sort of like, you can see it going through his head. He goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. still happens to this day i guarantee it yeah but i like that bit when he's um you were mentioning about when he was he's going through all of the um all of the, the private documents and he says to the janitor then he's like something like um uh maybe maybe we can just sort of keep this between us maybe we can have like a little arrangement and he's just really expecting him to just go yeah it's fine don't worry about it and the janitor was like yeah, yeah, you can do something for me. Yeah, what's that? 50 bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Here's a song. Fucking hell! Fuck! What have you done? I keep trying to fucking shut the door. Grab me guitar, please. It is one of those films which has... Uh, so many one-liners and just so many yeah. great performances and and they're all really good in it and it's just such a it's a very mm. funny film but it's also a very mm. sweet film how these five characters have come together they never would have interacted before yeah. um sort of during during school and they come together and, and they learn uh more and more um, about each other, don't they? And then they, and then they sort of create this this friendship, this bond. Yeah, um, but it's so, which but is that nice. whole that whole thing that you're talking about there is is so perfectly comes to that conclusion when they're sitting down talking in almost like that circle, and each of them are sort of pouring their hearts out, sort of thing about different stuff, and they kind of realise that they are they are different but all the same, really. Which is what I think the kind of message is. It's like. The, the common thread is they're all young and they've all got different issues they're going through. I just think that it's, it's just a really important, it still is important now as it was then, as just to think, well, you, you know, you, you ought to give, uh, give people a chance just because you don't think that you're going to click with them by way, the way they dress or something they like that you don't like. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a perfect little, little message well it's that don't judge a book by its cover though isn't it you know and all five mm. of these characters are so radically different from each other and you know there are some who are judging others at the beginning and uh and like you say it's, it's just like a nice message that they are they're all going through the same thing they're all basically the same person um but they you know they find each other uh, by the end of the movie, and, they, and generally become friends. And there's a kind of like hints at a couple of relationships, doesn't it? Which you would never in a million years put together, but because they spent no. this valuable time together, it's um, you know it's something that they've 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 built. But the, the, when they say it's so, it's so true. It's when they say about what if I came up to you on on the Monday and said hi, and it's like yeah we. I think Molly Ringwald says, yeah, they'd say hi and then they'd rip the piss out of you as you walked off just to make out that you don't really like you. Yeah. 
And it's like, that's the sort of thing that fucking happens when you're at school and the cool kids and the dropouts and the nerds and the geeks. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. It's uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because, you know, I always see I, I see life as just a series of um, copy and paste. And it's just a cycle. It's an, it's an ever-evolving cycle. It just can, continues in its own its own same way. And it's the same with school. You know, no matter when you were born, no matter what school you go to, you're always going to get the jocks. You're always going to get the geeks. Mm. You're going to get the popular ones. You're going to get the cockheads. <laughs> you're going to get yeah. like the, the the rock and rollers. You know, you, you always get it. And it's just the, it's the same mentality, and it's this the uh, it's the same attitude it's just the same fucking bullshit that everyone goes through for four or five years no matter where you are and i think that's why this film is so relatable Mm. and and that the you know the the actors were were perfectly cast yeah and that you can sit there and watch a film like this and transport yourself back there and you can say "I, i get that person i get that person and i understand that person and i think just it's just genius screenwriting by john hughes you know yeah it's it's amazing and um i did read it i think in 2016 the film was put in in america it's put into like a historical uh film um what the afi i think something like that because it's a it's like a historical piece of work that can be be looked at and and sort of uh, drawn upon for that time but you, you know, because of the clothes and everything like that, but the the whole message from the film works in uh, any any generation, as you say. But um, yeah, I think the fact that he wrote it and directed it, I did read that they were a bit apprehensive about letting him direct it, but he managed to convince him because he did the whole thing for it was a million dollars budget. Mm. And uh, the film grossed uh, fifty-one million dollars. So, <laughs> so he made a few sobs on the back of that, then, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And it's a very mm. dialogue-based film, really. It's not an awful lot. Which is happens. In... No. What What's interesting is, you know, he wrote the script in only two days. Yeah. Which is which which is mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental, considering he has yes, very dialogue-heavy. Yeah. Did you know that there's a two and a half hour director's cut that he's done of it that only he no. he saw and he had? Yeah, I, no. I, I was reading about it yesterday. He's, uh, his wife hasn't kind of released where it is, but it does exist. It's a it's a cut that he's done, and obviously he cut it down to an hour and a half just because obviously that's that's. <clears throat> more palatable for for the movie watcher to to see, but ever since hearing that yesterday, it's like, oh, I really want to see that. Listen, you snot those little shit. I was taking shrapnel and caisson while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. I always find director's cuts always like really interesting. Whether you, you know whether you like it or not, or whether you think it adds to it or it's sort of drawing it out a little bit, as you say, it's it's just yeah, it's interesting to see all of those scenes which ended up on the cutting room floor, and even in a two-and-a-half-hour cut, 
he probably still had about five to seven hours worth of footage. So he probably could have made like a three hour, four hour version of it. You know, if they, if they made a five hour version of Dancers with Wolves, which was incredible, I'm sure he's probably, he probably could have made a five hour cut of <laughs> Breakfast Club. I was just going to say that um, it seems strange that Emilio Estevez seems to be popping up quite a lot in the films that we've done. <laughs> I think he's, but he's been in most of the films, so that's the one link to a lot of what we've 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 seen. Is uh, <laughs> none of us have really, neither of us have really sort of thought, ah, oh, Estevez is one of the best actors ever. I mean, I think in, the, in an earlier uh, podcast, I referred to him as looking like a, a giant toddler. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I just thought that was a bit odd. And what was even odder is that he was originally going to be Bender to play, portray the character. He's not really, is he? I don't, I don't think he's ever been threatening in anything, is he? No, not even in Con Air when he's running around in sandals. <laughs> <laughs> you know my thoughts on sandals. <laughs> yes, I do very, <laughs> much, very much so. Yeah. What are those? They're called my sandals. What would you rate it then? What's your rating for this film? I, I, I already know what you're going to say, but let's, let's, let's hear it for everyone else. It's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it's a 10 out of 10. It's, the, it's, just, it's the perfect 80s film. Just a brilliant piece of work. As you know, I love dialogue-based films anyway, but a dialogue-based film that can actually keep you drawn in and entertained for an hour and a half has got something special. Yes. Yes, indeed. And yourself? And yourself, uh, sir? Uh, a, ve- a very solid 8 out of 10. Hey, yo, what the fuck? I wouldn't go as far as 10 out of 10. Not not as far as a 9, but it's it's nothing it's nothing less than an 8 out of 10, but a very solid 8 out of 10. Really? Yeah. You surprised me. I at least thought you'd have given it a 9. Uh, 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 I, I, I really like it. I really do like it, but it's uh, it's one of those films... It's not a film I could watch every week. If I can watch it every week, then it definitely gets a 9 out of 10. And then if I can watch it every week and I'm emotionally compromised by the end of it, then it definitely gets a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. All right. So, uh, no, but, uh, yeah, a very solid 8 out of 10. Really good. One, one of, yeah, one of the best 80s movies of all time. Really, really good. The one thing that I did think as well that I am going to mention is that if the film was made now, as it was, and I don't know, I can see an argument for it, but you know what, the, what it'd be. So there's five different types of people in that film, but there's no minorities in it. Yeah, yeah. There were, yeah, there'd be a lot more equality and diversity going on in terms of its, its casting, for sure. Because of that, I think that would be the first kind of thing. If someone, for want of a better word, the old snowflakers, millennials types, if they were going to uh, watch it now, I do think that's one of the first things that they could point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, suppose, I, I guess it also just depends on the, the setting of the movie. Maybe, you know, if it's established as it's a very white suburban, middle-class kind of environment, then maybe it kind of gives a bit more sort of, you know, um, clout to it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose when you, when you look at... I suppose when you look at the entire cast, I mean, even, you know, you've, you've got Gleason, you've got the janitor, the five main cast members, um, and then even the parents, you know, mm. they are all of the same ethnicity. Um, yeah. 
and it's very male dominant because you've got say only two out of the five are female, um, but two out of the main seven characters are female. So I think in terms of ethnic equality and gender equality, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the film today there would there would there'd be a there'd be a focus on that. A naked blonde walks into a bar with a poodle under one arm and a two-foot salami under the other. She lays the poodle on the table. Bartender says, I suppose you won't be needing a drink. Naked lady says. Are you up for a little round of uh, Can I Tickle Care Fancy? Oh, go on then, sweetheart. Go on. All right. Right, I've just sent you the first one. It's on the uh, Pod Culture Vultures <laughs> WhatsApp. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know he won the Golden Globe Award. <laughs> Basically a photo with... Uh, the the legendary David Jason's face superimposed uh, over the singer Adele's <laughs> body, and it, it just says Adele. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, I, thought, <laughs> I love it. I thought I'd do a couple of cheeky sweet ones for you this week. Um, your next one's on its way now. It's always teasing me because when it's coming through, the image is always blurred. So I, I sometimes I get a general idea of what it's going to be. This one, I have no idea. And then the longer the longer it takes, the the, the anticipation. Is uh, it's his mate sat in the sat in the car though? That's his wife. That's his wife. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> so there's a, a Honda Civic turned up on its side <laughs> with an old boy standing next to it with the highest waisted trousers you've ever seen in your life. His <laughs> missus is still in the car and it says, never mind what or how he's done that to the car. Look at his trousers. Look at them. What a pair of trousers. Oh, trousers. <laughs> 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 I, had a, great, I, I had a music teacher when I was in uh, first school like that. <laughs> what, they had trousers like that? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Ryman used to tuck his trousers right up there. He had his little acoustic guitar and strum, strum, yeah. slappity slap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an yeah, OAP Simon Cow. <laughs> <laughs> now, this last one is my favourite from the week because it's the headline, obviously, and the woman's face. <laughs> it's class. <laughs> yeah, that is that face is class. It's a, the expression is a kind of you fucking what? <laughs> she looks from, like the, she looks from like Chinese the, buffet for, for shitting in the sumo. <laughs> <laughs> She looks like the drummer out of Iron Maiden. (laughs) (laughs) Grand 52. I drank two bottles of vodka. Oh, fucking hell. And then just shat all over the seaweed. Why does somebody not know how to flush a toilet after they've had a shit? Oh, 
Well, it was fucking one of yes. Disgusting. Are you planning on uh, taking a trip to uh, China at all? I've already been there, mate. Coming. I've already been there, but Have yeah, you? but yeah, I went there about I don't know ten year ago, ten twelve year ago. But no, no, not not uh, not in the distant future. No, no, no. The reason why I'm asking, Kev, is because uh, I've heard that it's now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, it's now come into law that you have to have a COVID test uh, when you get off the plane when you land in China. But the test they do now over there is the anal swab. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of this <laughs> because it's more accurate than a nose swab. Uh, it's uh, it's a little. Uh, Little finger up the ass. <laughs> well, not a finger, you know, a swab. The old <laughs> bum old swab. The old digit up the rectum. <laughs> yes. The old cheeky thing. I was just wondering how many people like would think, oh, well, it's not worth going. Obviously, I mean, if you're a business person or something, you're going to have to go over there. But um, I wonder if after a while they kind of get used to it and almost like it. <laughs> go on. Oh, go on, do it again. Go on. Yeah. You you were here this afternoon, Alfred. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. just uh, I fancied a bit of stretching. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gone to the back of the queue again. Sorry, sir. You've already done bumhole sniff. Hey, you know my breakfast? Stick another one in, Sir Gerald. <laughs> Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> Plug me in. Yeah. Ooh, that smells like COVID. <laughs> Well, that'll keep the COVID away. <laughs> Pure, mature COVID. Oh, chunky. Not smooth, but chunky. I want you to tell all your friends about me. You can catch us on the old bookie face at Podculture Vultures. You can twat a tweet with a twit at Podculture V. And we're on the old Insta, Insta, Instagram at Podculture Vultures. And if you want to... Write us the old electronic email. If none of those you catch your fancy, you can catch us at podculturevultures at gmail.com. Lovely jubbly. So, we're off to fight another day, and we'll see you next time. Ta-ta! Au revoir. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Don't